Most of my life, I have watched a four-lane highway slowly, and I do mean slowly, get built to the city I live in. This has been going on nearly 70 years since it started, and it's only going 400 kilometers. Since I was young, they had over 200 kilometers to finish. 40 years later, they have 68 kilometers to finish. And with the future needs of an infrastructure changing, when this highway finally arrives, possibly within the next decade, we all hope, will it meet the infrastructure needs of tomorrow? That is something you have to look at today on Autolux. Autolux.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main website, autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out. Go past the main page, check out the Corporate Links websites, the ratings, the podcast, and even the calendar to see whose birthday it is today on autolux.net. And thank you out to podbeam.com for getting us out to all the major streaming services around the world. From Spotify to iTunes, you can find the autolux.net podcast podcast there thanks to podbeam.com so like i said in the intro i have watched my entire life the ontario government slowly and i do mean slowly push a limited access highway from toronto to sudbury now in the great scheme of all things the province of ontario is essentially two parts there's the north and then there's the south both of them are completely completely different than each other and both of them have completely different infrastructure needs and yet our infrastructure needs in the north are always set upon what is done in the south so as i live in a city of over 160,000 people spread out across an area larger than the entire golden horseshoe which encompasses from oshawa to vaughn to milton and even down into hamilton stony creek area that entire conglomerate the city of Sudbury is even bigger than that but our infrastructure needs are based off of an area of over six and a half million people so six and a half million people dictate what our infrastructure will be like for a city of 160,000 people spread out across a landmass the size of the area that has 6.5 million people so one thing i've always asked myself is how do they plan these things and how do they think out these things why do they plan it in major metropolitan areas in the south what our infrastructure needs will be in the north it doesn't make sense because the future of infrastructure requirements is changing. We're in a city like Toronto, carpool lanes, which can eventually turn into pod confinement lanes and e-delivery lanes, is not something that is viable when you go north. When we go north, more personal use vehicles will be required. We still require autonomy to move about across greater distances, but within our, even our major city that's massive on a landmass scale, we still don't have the exact same needs we don't need the massive lanes to pick up pods to bring them around we need lanes to bring green delivery vehicles from the inner core to the outskirts and from the outskirts to deliver in the inner core and the utilization of two-lane highways built in the 1950s will decrease the exposure of the north with people looking at it as the future of mobility as the requirement needs of continuous access for the delivery of products areas that don't encompass that will be excluded so a city like north bay can actually look to forward to the future with a near limited access highway all the way from it to, to access 
in Toronto, they will be able to utilize quick access between transportation needs. So the autonomous delivery transports and even autonomous delivery platform transports of the future can be utilized within that transportation infrastructure. But when you move into central cores, that changes. These massive rivers of vehicles moving through cities won't be required. But lanes completely dedicated towards personal use, slow-moving vehicles such as pods, electric chairs, or even bicycles will be required. A four-lane road will slowly move into two lanes for personal use vehicles, buses, and delivery, all of the larger scale that fit two people side by side in a compartment case. Whereas next to it, on either side of the road, will be a separate lane for single use vehicles. We're talking about skinny little pods like the Silence SO1 that could travel along these areas. They can utilize these lanes. Bicycles can use the lanes. Next to this will be requirements for parking spaces spaces for the green delivery vehicles to drop off. They are not needed consistently. So with an extra wide sidewalk, you can now create delivery spaces within it. Similar to that of how you drive along now and you see in certain areas of development, you see bus pull-off areas where the curb goes in and a bus can pull in. It is this dedicated bus stop. Central Course can now have this four transportation needs to pick you up and bring you from here to there or to deliver you from here to there or deliver your products from here to there. They can now utilize these lanes. Now, when you're looking in towards the future, Elon Musk kind of had a point when he created his tunnel project. Utilizing a skateboard technology to bring your personal use vehicle from the Central Core outside of the city without the need for massive highways. The scale and level of autonomy is so great in that circumstance that people can live over an hour away from the central core on one of these systems and still make it to work on time and with ease. The similar ease of using a public transportation train. But like we said, moving from like a city that I live in to a major metropolitan area like Toronto, we require the long rivers. That's to move our products across greater distances. This is for the rural people who need to enter central cores. And these are also for traveling people who still choose not to fly or use AirPod transportation to go from point A to point B. They want to see the world from the ground. So these long rivers, similar to how the United States built their interstate system back in the 50s, are a requirement of infrastructure of the future. City roads are where the infrastructure of the future starts to change, where we now have to have more accessible transportation needs for personal use, bicycle use, and even automobile use. We're moving into suburban areas, you now have to have more space for delivery vehicles to pick up and drop off whereas we move into a culture of people who are have the ability to work from home you need to be closer to the central core in case you need to come in for a meeting but you can still do it all from the confines of your personal home so having products delivered to your house is still a requirement taking away space from driveways where more people are moving into single car driveways you now have the ability to gain more space to add in the infrastructure required for the delivery vehicles. Hell, even for the rideshare vehicles. From here, we move into generalized lots. Car sharing services where rental fleets from either rental companies or rideshare companies will have to exist. The suburban area will be its mainstay for the entry into the rideshare program. This is where people can utilize companies like Uber and Lyft to pick them up at their house and bring them to the centralized location where they can take a bigger vehicle for 
personal use to move their family around on the weekend. These central lots will become larger and closer to the places we live at. From here, we start moving into the downtown core. The major rivers of the interstates and expressways running through the center of our cities is slowly going to diminish. As our needs move more into a personal choice of either walking, utilizing bicycles, or even in the world of tomorrow, air traffic to get us around. Yes, the world of drones is slowly changing the infrastructure requirements of tomorrow. And those requirements in central cores are going to have to be more accessible to flight vehicles. Whereas today, not every single place in a downtown core has to be accessible for a helicopter landing pad. In the future, even parking spaces will have to have this requirement on the top level so that you can utilize it to move outside of the city. Hyperloop systems bringing people into the central core and even products into the central core will require more warehousing and more distribution centers even within the central core bringing stuff from the outside into the inside you won't have a need for major transportation use utilizing skateboard technology from electric vehicles and being able to put a sea can on it for delivery from a, a transportation freight yard into a central core would be one of the few needs of the major urban centers this is something that will have to change with infrastructure now we can now green green top over some of these major river causeways in central course where we no longer need eight lane roadways in our central core we now only need four lanes and with those extra lanes we can now utilize it for more park space more air traffic deliveries more green space deliveries more singular use autonomous vehicles so yes the future of infrastructure in a city looks quite different than the world of today. Whereas 40 years ago, when I came into this world, the use of major highways and roadways was it. Sure, we were trying to get more people onto public transportation. Even back then, whereas public transit would have taken more vehicles off the road, our infrastructure still hasn't hadn't been fully capitalized on. Where by the mid to late 90s, most major infrastructure that was built between the 50s and into the 80s was now being strained. Now we need to find the infrastructure of tomorrow. Where delivery vehicles on surface and by air and drone technology will have more of a requirement. Having the ability to drive a pod on a skateboard platform to a specific location in a downtown core and have it hook up to a drone which brings you out of the central core towards your suburban area. If you're one of the lucky few that's able to afford this, this is where personal use vehicles will still be viable for the urban areas. Whereas suburbanites, our infrastructure needs will only be for a lighter single-use vehicles no personal use vehicles and delivery whereas we get to the edge of the suburban areas and going out to the rural areas we will still need the expressways and throughways of tomorrow where we need to move goods at a faster pace between points we need to do it safely and efficiently so don't think that that big four-lane highway that's coming up to the to my city that's taken nearly 70 years to get here is still not required it still has a requirement in the future of tomorrow its infrastructure is still plausible for the future of tomorrow but along that network within the first 60 kilometers of it it will slowly change whereas carpooling lanes are more of a requirement today than any other time in history we now need them for our personal use vehicles and centralized pod systems and rideshare the infrastructure of tomorrow has to be built more on a scale to create a healthy environment 
which means now we need to build infrastructure where you can walk and cycle more easily accessible than we do today. Even though I am a person who loves cars and lives in a car-centric city, yes, I get it, bike lanes and all that are a requirement, but the bike lanes of tomorrow won't just be dedicated bike lanes. I'm sorry to say, but the infrastructure requirements of tomorrow won't be a dedicated bike lane only for bicycles. Bicycles are soon going to have to make way for the autonomous delivery drones. Domino's Pizza created their own autonomous delivery drone, where their downtown corridor can pick up a delivery and deliver it to people within the vicinity. Products like vehicles like this will still need to be transported on roads for greater distances away from the central location. Whereas we're building bike lanes now to handle cycle traffic of the future, this cycle traffic will now have to blend in with autonomous vehicular travels. Dedicated bus routes, dedicated pod routes are all coming to the future. Whereas the city of Ottawa has dedicated roads for buses and now is looking towards light rail transit and carpool lanes. They don't have many big expressways. The city of a million people has two expressways, the 416 and the 417. That's it. How we have more bypasses, causeways, and throughways in the city I live in of 160,000 people than the city of Ottawa of over a million has. In a city that size, they should have more throughways. But more throughways don't guarantee the easily accessible movement of traffic. Travel, where the city of Montreal is essentially gridlocked from 2.30 to 7 o'clock every night, where people move from their central core to the outskirts. They have a magnitude of limited access throughways and expressways greater than any other city in all of Canada, and yet they have worse traffic problems than some cities with less. Why is that? It's because this infrastructure is still built off of a car-centric population existent in the 50s. We're utilizing surface roads for more green delivery vehicles of the future and rideshare vehicles. The city of Montreal can start to expand outside of these major throughways. Spending billions of dollars to upgrade these things is still a viable option for the transportation of goods. But the transportation of services which bring you from point A to point B, the infrastructure requirements will need to be upgraded. A surface road with six lanes will not suffice in the future in the city of tomorrow, where personal use vehicles will need to be diminished from the central core. Even in suburban areas with six lane boulevards will have to be reduced to four lane boulevards with a dedicated lane on each side for delivery of products. Our infrastructure is changing. And every time I walk out my door, I can see three different forms of infrastructure within a 10 minute drive. I could see the original highway which crossed this country back at the turn of the last century. Then I could see the reformation of that infrastructure to make it safer for higher usage travel and higher speed travel, which was developed in the 50s. Then over from that is the limited access throughway, which allows the transportation of goods and services today to be maximized to its full extent. Now with that, the possibility of expansion towards the pod delivery services of tomorrow, which the infrastructure requirements will give us, is one of the few areas that that infrastructure will need to be updated. So yes, in the future of tomorrow, there are major infrastructure requirements which we need to make. Spending billions of dollars on more collector lanes and more freeways will not take us away from gridlock. Whereas more people within the central core start to move away from their personal use vehicles, we need to jump onto the fact that since they now don't own vehicles, what can we use this space and the infrastructure for? Let's make it for something of more mobility with more people. The movement of people will be
will become greater, but we must plan it properly with the proper lanes. So from myself, Everett J, if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment about it. Hell, ask us some questions about the infrastructure requirements of tomorrow. Yeah, we know a little bit about it, and we've seen the way that our future is moving towards. So if you got a question, ask us about it. And then send this podcast out to friends, family, co-workers, anyone you can think of. And then while after that, stop by the main website at autolux.net and check out some of the autonomous products coming to you for the future infrastructure requirements requirements we all demand. So for myself, Everett J, and the whole Autolux team here, sit down and enjoy the expansion of our infrastructure of tomorrow.